Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I'm the founder and CEO of Mara Poling, and I'm happy to be with you this week as we close in on the end of season five and the end of 2021. Thank you for joining us every week and hope that you continue to find value in our little podcast. I appreciate all the feedback you provide and please continue to do so. This week, we're going to have a little story about the $8 taco. So have you ever wondered how the price of tacos is related to multifamily real estate? I'm going to go way out on a limb and say, of course you haven't. That just seems rather absurd. Well, what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about the $8 taco and four lessons that we can learn from the $8 taco. Again, thanks for joining me. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to reach out. You can email me, pat at marapoling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. And please swing by the website, marapoling.com, for lots of great additional content. Obviously, as I said, we're getting here to the end of the year. We're going to be launching season six. Can't believe that. Season six of our nice little podcast. Uh, we'll be launching just after the first of the year. And we're going to be uploading the new uh, webinar series. And so you'll be able to register for that. That'll be coming here uh, right after the, um, the holiday. So uh, thank you for taking advantage of all of that. And let's get into our little story about the $8 taco. So I got a little story I want to tell you. Now, this is about a nice little man named George. And George has a taco cart. Every morning, he gets up and goes into his little kitchen and gets all the ingredients together to go down and take care of his taco cart and sell tacos at lunchtime downtown. Now, he gets all his ingredients organized, and he has enough tortillas and beans and rice and meat and all the great stuff to make a hundred tacos. That's how much he can make. He can make a hundred tacos every day. And George gets down there about 1130 or so and opens up his taco cart and he sells his tacos for $5. These are really good tacos, $5 tacos. And by about noon or maybe a quarter after, He's sold out every day, which is great because he knows that everybody loves his tacos. Well, when he gets home at night, his wife always asks him, how was your day? And he tells her how everything went. And he says to her one night, you know, I'm getting $5 for my tacos. I wonder if I should be charging a different price. And his wife says, well, what do the other taco vendors downtown sell their tacos for? George says, well, I know several of them. I think they charge $6 for their tacos. So he thinks about it a little bit. And the next day he gets up 
and gets into the kitchen and gets all his ingredients prepares and he slices the avocados and he chops up the cilantro and he's ready and raring to go to make his hundred tacos down at his cart. And he gets down there and he takes the little sign off the cart and he marks it up a little bit and he decides he's gonna charge $6 for his tacos today. So 11.30 comes and he opens up his cart and he starts going through the process and making up the tacos and selling the tacos. And sure enough, about noon, about 12.15, something like that, he looks down and he's out of tacos again. He has sold out about the same time that he sold out the day before. Well, he's a little puzzled by that. So he goes home and tells his wife, says, you know, it didn't change anything. I mean, I made an extra $100. That's wonderful. I'm very happy about that. But I'm still running out of tacos around 12, 12, 15, something like that. I can't make it through the whole lunch hour. So his wife says to him, you know, you're just not charging enough for these tacos. People obviously like the tacos and you really don't know how much these tacos are worth, do you? So he really is confused and he thinks about it and he thinks about it and he's kind of afraid. If he raises his prices too high, he's afraid that he won't sell his tacos and he has to keep the taco cart healthy in order to keep his family taken care of. So the next day he gets up and he gets all his ingredients together. He gets everything organized and he's really excited and he gets down to the stand and he takes the little sign down again and he marks it up and he's got on there $8 a taco. And he's a little worried, not sure how this is gonna go over, but he's gonna try it today and see what happens. Well, the very first customer comes up to his taco stand and says, hey, those look like pretty good tacos, how much? And George says, they're $8 a piece. $8 a piece, the man says, that's crazy. I don't think there's any taco that's worth eight bucks a piece. No thanks. And he turns around and walks away. And that's George's biggest fear is, oh my gosh, I'm gonna end up with a hundred tacos in my stand when lunch is over. I'm not gonna sell any of them. Oh, did I make a mistake? I don't know. Well, the next person walks up and says, hey, how much are your tacos? He says, $8. And the guy goes, oh, great, I'll have two. George is pretty happy about that. So he makes up the two tacos and sends this man on his way and the next person and the next person. And it's just kind of going along. And there's a couple of folks that have said, yeah, these are kind of expensive, but they're good tacos. I like your tacos. So, okay. And one or two folks turn and say, no, thank you. I'll, I'll go find something else to eat for lunch. And it goes on like that. And it gets to be about noon and then 12.15 and George looks down and he still has tacos. Hasn't done this before. Then it's 12.30 and 12.45 and it's closing in on one o'clock and he still has a few tacos left. And he keeps going and finally it's, it's 1.30 and the lunch crowd has died down and everybody's gone back into their offices to go to work. And George looks down and he has one taco left. Well, he's pretty excited about that. So he goes home and he 
tells his wife, and he says, you wouldn't believe it. He says, it was kind of scary. A few folks told me my tacos were too expensive. And some folks didn't bat an eye and they, they paid $8 for the tacos. It's really quite something. I made an extra $300 today, more than I made when I was charging $5 a taco. And his wife says, so now you know, your tacos are worth $8 a piece. Congratulations. And George lives happily ever after with his $8 taco stand. Now, as I said, you might be wondering, what on earth does an $8 taco have to do with multifamily real estate? Well, I'm gonna tell you, I've got four lessons that we can learn from George's little taco stand. And these aren't necessarily in any order, they kind of come from the whole of the story. And I hope you enjoy the story, it's fun telling stories. So the first is the price is set by customers, not by owners. Now we all think when we go into a store or when you walk into a leasing agent's office and you want to rent an apartment that they've set the price, right? The landlord sets the rent. The restaurant tells you how much that uh, meal is going to cost. The grocery store tells you how much these items are going to cost. But in reality, as we saw, customers set the price. Had George made his tacos $10 a piece, what do you think would have happened? Probably a few more folks would have said no thanks and they would have walked away and he'd have had tacos left over when he got to 130. So that $8 price that wasn't George saying, I think my tacos are worth $8. That was George working on finding the number that his customers actually thought they were worth. Second, customers vote with their wallets and their feet. So some customers grumbled a little bit, but they still took the $8 out of their wallet or their pocketbook, and they paid $8 for a taco. And some of them said, no, thank you. And they turned and walked away. That's really valuable feedback. Any business should be valuing the feedback it gets from customers. And sometimes that comes in the form of reviews or actual feedback, right? Someone will stand there and say, I really like your business. I really like this service that you provide. Or, you know, this could be better. Um, the biggest feedback people give you is, are they going to continue to give you their business? If they are, if they continue to buy from you, then that means they like what you're doing. And if you modify what you offer and maybe add some additional features and people are willing to pay for those, then they're telling you, we like those. Those are of value to us. So customers vote with their wallets and with their feet. Next, market price is not, so underscore not, market price is not what everyone else charges. Remember, George was charging $5 for his tacos, and when his wife asked him what everyone else was charging, he said, well, they're all about $6, so he charged $6, 
And what happened? He sold all his tacos again in the same amount of time. There wasn't really any difference. So $6 was what everybody else was charging. And so you could describe it as being the current price amongst the competition. But what was the real market value? What was the actual number that the consumer was going to say, that's what a taco is worth? It wasn't $6, was it? What if it was $6? What would have happened? Well, if it was $6, George would have had tacos throughout the lunch hour, and he would have run out again right around the end of the lunch hour. So that's not what happened. He still ran out around 12 or 12.15, which is what made him realize that, you know what? There's more value out there. My customers think tacos are worth more not just in $5, but $6. And the final lesson we can learn is you really don't know what the market will bear until you test it. So we can do analysis. Uh, George could have hired a, a consulting firm and they could have done focus groups and all sorts of other things. But the way you really know is to test it. And so George charged eight bucks and it worked. And people loved his tacos and he increased his profits and he has happy customers because he still sold a hundred tacos. So he's got whatever the number is, 50 or 75 or a hundred customers out there that are very happy and more than uh, comfortable paying an $8 price for a taco. So how can we apply the lessons we learn from George and his $8 taco to the world we all operate in, right? When we're managing a property, or if you have your own portfolio, when you're looking at your asset, keep in mind, as we do, that price, meaning rents, are set by tenants, not by us. Mechanically, yeah we say that unit's gonna rent for $1,000. And if that's what I'm putting it out there on the market for is at $1,000 and I rent the unit and I don't ever have any empty units. And when I do, they rent almost instantly. What does that mean? Well, that $1,000 rent is like George's $5 taco. And the consumer, the tenant is telling me by virtue of the occupancy that we're having and the renewal rates we're experiencing that they're willing to pay more, that there's more value. Now, tenants vote with their wallets and their feet. So if I were to raise the price of that rent to $1,050, maybe not everybody that walks in the door ends up filling out an application. But if what happens is I still end up fully occupied and I don't have any units to lease, then the market is telling me that I'm not there yet. Market price is not what everyone else charges. If I do a rent study, and we do these, we do comp studies. If I do a comp analysis and I determine that everyone else on average 
is charging $1,100 for this unit. And I'm only charging a thousand, and then I moved it to a thousand and fifty. I could say, well, I'm going to charge what everybody else charges. They're all getting that rent. I want to get that rent too, and I move it to eleven hundred dollars. And if my occupancy drops to a normalized level, something maybe the mid nineties, then maybe in fact that is the actual market price. But if it doesn't, then what that means is everyone else at $1,100 isn't really getting all the value they could because tenants are willing to pay more than $1,100. Remember, the customer is going to set the price and they're communicating that to us in mass by how they behave, right? They vote with their wallets. If they're willing to sign those leases at $1,100, and I still don't have vacant units to be able to take care of new tenants that want a lease, then the market is not $1,100. And we don't want to get confused with what everyone else is charging as really being the market rent. So I don't know what the market rent is if, if I'm at $1,100. Just like George, when he was charging $6 for his tacos, he didn't know what it was. So how did he come up with eight bucks? Well, he had a chat with his wife and they sat there and they said, what do we really think we could sell these tacos for? He says, well, I don't know. Let me go try $8. And so George tries $8. And you know what? Maybe it wouldn't have worked, right? What if when George makes it $8, he only sells half his tacos? Well, the very next day, he could lower his price to $7, couldn't he? Just like when we lease an apartment, we could take that $1,100 apartment because we've moved the rent up and we could say, I think I'm going to make it $1,300 and I could make it $1,300. And if all of a sudden those units don't rent and they sit vacant and it's a week and it's two weeks and then it's a month and my tenants aren't renewing at these higher rates. So instead of giving getting about half the tenants to renew and about half that expire to, to move out, maybe I'm getting only 20% that renew. Then that's consumers, that's customers, that's tenants telling me with their wallets and with their feet that $1,300 is too much, that that's not the right number. Well, am I locked into that? No, I'm not. I can now say, well, then let's make it $1,200. And if $1,200 gets me the level of occupancy that I want, if I get that kind of feedback, if I get the renewal rates that I'm looking for, then $1,200 is actually where the market is. But I won't know unless I test it, unless I put myself out there. And it's not an irreversible act to try and do that. Typically, when you look at a property that we will manage, we will have a range of rents. When someone calls or looks online, that $1,000 unit might say that it rents for anywhere from $1,000 to $1,400. And there's a variety of reasons we post ranges. One, we may have various versions of that floor plan with different levels of amenities and so on. Um, but it also allows for us to deal with tenants that have different price points in terms of what it is that they're looking for. So it's not irreversible for me to say, let's charge $1,400 and see what happens. 
If I charge $1,400 and I get the kind of renewal rates that I want, and I end up with a few vacant units so that I'm running 94, 95, 96% occupied, I'm gonna be, in terms of how we manage our portfolio, gonna be pretty happy. That's about the numbers I wanna be at. And look at me, I'm making $400 a month more in rent than I was making at $1,000. I'm making $300 more than the other people in the market that haven't made that adjustment. So I hope you enjoyed this week's little story. Uh, kind of fun. Uh, where did the $8 taco come from? Well, recently I've had a chance to spend some time with some of our frontline folks out at the properties. And whenever I'm there, one of the conversations is always about what are we doing on rents? How's our occupancy? And it's quite interesting. Many, many property management folks are extremely proud of their very high occupancy rates. 98, 99, 100%. Everybody renewed last month. Well, when I hear that everybody renewed last month, what I hear is we aren't charging enough rent because those are consumers telling us that we're below the market, that we're not at the level that we could be. And when we begin to move rents in a certain direction, then we'll start to see those renewal rates and the occupancy rates move towards the targets that we'd really like. And so one of the conversations I had with someone was about the price of tacos. And we actually talked about, I don't know that I had a name for him at the time. I thought this week we'd, uh, we'd personalize it a little bit and, and put George out there as his name. So George and his taco cart uh, became the model for us to be able to have a discussion about rents and occupancy. And this is a topic that if you look at our recent uh, content over the last couple of months, you'll see that we actually talk about this quite a bit. The reason for that is the multifamily marketplace, in particular, the Class B multifamily marketplace, continues to experience extremely high occupancy levels. The vast majority of portfolios that I am aware of are performing in the high 90s, 97, 98% which effectively means they are full, that there is no inventory for new tenants. And as I just went through, that means there's some money being left on the table. And that's not me making that decision, that's the consumer telling us by virtue of how they're responding to the current pricing that we have out there. So what's our strategy as we go forward? For the vast majority of our assets, the strategy is we need to continue to move forward so that we can test where the market really is. When we find it, it is not a bad thing for us to see a 96 or a 95 or even a 94% occupancy. If we're getting the kinds of rents that we want on renewals and on new units, then we're going to be pretty satisfied with that. There's one time when I wouldn't do that. And that was if I had an asset that I was taking the market, if I was gonna sell a property, I would probably focus much more on occupancy and move rents more modestly. 
And that's simply because that helps the buyer when we're going through a transition. It's a lot easier to have a property that's relatively full, if not completely full, and then make decisions about how you wanna manage things as opposed to one that has rents that are growing, but is 90% occupied or even in the high 80s if you've been overly aggressive. So I hope you found this week's session valuable. If you have questions about George and the $8 taco about anything else, do not hesitate to reach out again, pat at marapoling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. And please join us again next week as we do a special holiday edition of Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poling.